Be advised that the content of this podcast is for mature audiences due to subject matter. You are listening to Romantic Truth with Josen, your host in Las Vegas. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. All right, Carlton writes the following. I'm not quite sure if I should be writing you about this, but I am going to at least share this with you and maybe you can give me your opinion on it. I've been talking to this lady now for two months. We've met on Match.com. However, she's got strict rules about me contacting her. I could only text her between the hours of 8 and 9 p.m., only at night. Phone calls have to be 15 minutes or less, and we're only allowed to talk on certain days. Right now, the days are designated Tuesdays and Thursdays only. No weekends. She will contact me, and that's the way we have it arranged. Now, I'm kind of new at this. I'm not that old. I'm only 27. But I think I might be dealing with a married woman, but I'm not quite sure. My friends and everyone else says that I possibly am. But what I'd like to know is from your perspective, what do you think this is? Because you seem to have a little bit more experience than any of my friends do. Carlton, Dallas, Texas. Carlton, they're right. That's coming. I wouldn't call it common sense because there's no such thing. It's a greed sense is what I would call it, if anything. Not necessarily common. Now, here's the thing I would tell you, Carlton. Judging from the behavior of this lady, she's probably pre-obligated or in a relationship. You see, one thing you have to realize about people who are in bad relationships they will definitely reach out to dating apps and become very provocative. That alter ego that they may have, it comes out on those dating apps and all of these other type of platforms. Now, here's the problem that many of these people have. They have a dilemma that they have to face. To cheat or not to cheat, that's the question. In other words, how far are they going to go? How much does that commitment they've made to that other person impact their lives, their morality, their character? Now, there are some people that once they get out of a relationship, they can maneuver much better with a clear conscience. And these people have to be out of the relationship before they would do anything. But you have others that have to be in a relationship to have the motivation to do what they do. I know it sounds weird, but there are some men out there who will not cheat unless they're in a relationship. So that means that what happens if they're by themselves, not in one, they're actually a little bit more humble and they actually are more functional than they would be in a relationship, even though these guys think that a relationship would be the uh, answer to their problems when they get in one it gives them the incentive to go outside of it it sounds stupid but that's the way it functions and I've observed this from some of my friends 
they would be loyal when they're not in a relationship with a woman, they're starting out and they're trying to get to know her and everything. Soon as they make that commitment, soon as she sleeps with them, I'd be damned if there he goes. Sometimes it wouldn't even take her to sleep with him. If she didn't sleep with him, it was enough. But when she asked for that commitment, that was the trigger. And then he would automatically go into his routine. Now, there's another thing, too, that we have to look at. Most often, we put more into a person that we want than that person will ever put into us. And what happens sometimes, you can want something so badly that the other person, they may like you, but they may not be as enthusiastic about you as you are about them. And so they kind of patronize you a bit. And these patronizing relationships, they rarely last. Now, the way they do endure, I hate to say it, and many of you are not going to like this. You know, your enthusiasm to be with that person. You're going to have to carry that for the rest of the relationship. So it may be a 70-30 split or an 80-20 split. But in any case, you're going to be stuck with the burden of carrying the emotional baggage for that relationship for the longest. So that person is going to probably go along with you because after all, you're doing all the work and a sense of guilt may consume them in openly participating with you to help you. But for the most part, it's not going to be a situation where you're going to get everything that you're putting back into this person. It's not going to happen because their depth of enthusiasm is not there. And no matter how they try to fake it, how they try to push themselves, this is the reason why you hear people say, well, you know, I tried to love my husband. I tried to love my wife. But you couldn't because everything was not in place for you. It wasn't something that you felt was right. You hear people say, I don't like my husband, but I love my husband. You hear people say they don't like their wives, but they love them. It's like that same kind of mindset. They're not all in. And in many cases, folks, there's nothing you can do to bring them in. No matter how hard you try, no matter how much sex you have, no matter how much outwardly emotions you show them, they are not receptive. They're dead on that side. They're like a zombie. Now, another thing, too, that comes about with this type of uh, situation sometimes. As we know, people think they can change people. They think they can persuade someone. Anytime you go into a relationship and you have to try to change someone or persuade them, it's your fault if that relationship fails. Because they have to do it voluntarily. When you come in there trying to give ultimatums and change things, that's on you. You're the person that's not satisfied with the way things are. So that means that instead of going in trying to make all these changes to make it comfortable for you, what you may need to do is to first look at, okay, what are the things I can accept now? What are the things I cannot accept? Do the things that I can accept, 
outweigh the ones that I cannot. That's the way you have to look at it. But a lot of us, we put our feelings in there first. Oh, she fine. I'll never find another woman fine as her again. Let me go all in on this lady. And he does. And then he realizes he's not getting back what he had put into her because she doesn't feel in that way. And he may not realize that he's a rebound dude. She perceives him as somebody that maybe, yeah, well, you won't break my heart because your self-esteem is so low. I can lower it over you so I don't have to worry about that. And there's some that think that way. Now, there's some of you that are in marriages and relationships and you don't feel as though you are. You feel alone. You feel single. But you're not. And you're pissed off because of the burden of marriage. You can't blame anybody but yourself for that. And yet you try to reach out and start a relationship with someone else. Whether it's through social media or whether it's through some other dating app. One thing I'm going to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, to realize. I don't give a damn how honest you are with a person about being married, having children, etc., etc. It's up to that person that you're with to see whether or not they're going to take on your baggage. Don't assume just because you have been honest with that person and you bring that shit forward that it's acceptable. As I told you, people will judge you based on your character, behavior, situation, results, and also the X factor. Now, what are the results? We've already talked about situation, behavior, and uh, character. What about the results? Look at it this way. The results are the situation, are residual behaviors associated with the situation this person was exposed to. So let's take, for instance, we'll use something as simple as a burglar. Now, the burglar has questionable character because they're thinking about doing something that they don't have to do legally. And this can apply for any kind of uh, uh, metaphor you care. But I'm just using this as an example. So you go on and you take uh, this burglar, right? He goes in, he robs a house. That's the behavior. He's an habitual robber, whatever incentive there is. Usually it's money, right? Or drugs or something. After that, the person winds up in jail. Okay, they're in jail. By the time you meet them, they're under house arrest as a result. So when we look back at it, the character of the person led to the behavior, which led to the situation, which led to the result when you found them under house arrest or after they run an ad on a dating site or something like that. What I'm saying is they're all interlinked. Woman has a good heart, that's what she does. Gets with a guy, makes a bad decision. In a bad relationship with him, she's trying to make it work to go to counseling. She winds up having his children in order to consolidate the relationship. The relationship's still not working. 
She leaves the relationship as a single mom. Situation's tough financially. When you meet her, she may be living with her parents on Section 8, trying to struggle and make ends meet in a place she could barely afford. And in any case, by the time you meet that person, guys, she's in a state of judgment for you. Just like you ladies hold us in a state of judgment. Let me give an example of a male for you ladies, just in case. Guy's a mama's boy. Guy moves out, get his own place. He brings in a lady. He and the lady has a relationship. Relationship goes south. He winds up getting getting her pregnant. And he may not agree to pay the child support because he doesn't believe it's his child. Meanwhile, child support order's going through. Paternity's proven. Now he's in the arrears. He goes to jail. And now he comes out. He's looking for a new relationship. He and a baby mama are not together anymore. And there he is. Somebody that has a liability on their shoulders, such as paying child support every month. And so that's taken away from the potential of you looking at him as probably being a husband because you don't want to be with him owing child support. So naturally, you're you're sidestepping. And this is what I'm trying to convey, is that that situation that leads to results, the results are usually where you are when we meet you. And I'm not saying this in a clinical sense because even if a woman were to meet me, the results of where I am now will dictate her decision. My glaucoma is not going to go away. I'm not going to magically be able to see better again. So in many ways, my fate is already chosen for me. So what you have to realize is that there is a level of discrimination among us all and not to take it personal. And to also understand that whatever you want may not want you back as enthusiastically or may not want you back at all. I've seen so many women make fools of themselves for dudes that weren't about shit, but they didn't know it. And then if you try to tell the woman, you know your man ain't shit, or you just jealous because you ain't getting none of this. until they're literally waiting to give it away 20 years later because they're tired of chasing those dudes that weren't about shit, but it's too late then. Fellas, do it too, ladies. Fellas, do it too. They get hung up. Now, There's another thing that I'm going to talk about in the next segment that's kind of interesting and indirectly related to this. Folks, 
we hear a woman say that she's going through her 13th year of celibacy after having two or three kids prior in her life. This is what is actually happening behind those bedroom doors during those 13 years, of course. Matthew writes the following from Portland, Oregon. I've been dating this lady now for about three years. We've been seeing each other on the down low off and on for about three. She works at one of the universities here and we keep everything very discreet. She's married and over the years I have grown to love her even more. Now we're both really madly in love with each other. She's older than I am. She's 53 now. And I've just turned 28. And we've been seeing each other. And we really can't keep our hands off of each other. Sometimes we find it kind of difficult to keep everything secret. Because she gets every... She gets... He's got here. She gets every cavalier. I think she meant to say she gets cavalier every time we're together not caring that he would find out. Recently, she asked me to do something that I really was not comfortable with. She wanted to go hand in hand with me to the front of her home, ring the doorbell, and tell her husband that she was now my woman. At first, I thought she was just joking about it. She's very serious. I'm deathly afraid of even thinking about doing this. I've only seen the guy one time. Without a doubt, I could kick his ass any day, but I don't want to do that. I know I've overstepped my boundaries because maybe I shouldn't have been in this type of relationship. I'm way in over my head. I'll be the first to admit that. But if you were me and you had a choice to make, and she's given me until New Year's to make this choice. She told me by New Year's Day, if I really loved her, I would do this. Am I being played? What is going on? I would really like your opinion on this. I've been listening to you now for a year. Okay, fella. She's got you pussy whipped in a way that really does not make any sense. Here is the thing that I would tell you. You would be a damn fool to ring their doorbell and be locked fingers with his wife to tell him that you're taking his woman. See, that's what she wants you to do. She wants that theater played out on her behalf because this is about low self-esteem on her part. 
First of all, I want you to get in front of the mirror and I want you to slap the bitch and the fool out of you at the same time. The reason why I say this is because of one thing. This woman may be setting you up to get killed, man. Let's be realistic about this. How many people want somebody to do something like that? And you've been discreet all this time. See what has happened. She's distanced herself from her husband over the time she's been with you. She's probably already told him about you. And that's one thing that's interesting about people, especially men. When a man finds a woman interesting, like in the workplace or somewhere like that, a lot of them can't keep their damn mouth shut. They start bragging about the woman to that woman. And don't let her be better than this woman in bed. Oh, hell, he's telling her what she does and what his wife doesn't do. Ladies, when a guy gets to that point, he's pretty much said, fuck the relationship. I'm going for what I want. That girl that I couldn't get in high school, that girl I couldn't get in college, uh, I'm going for it now because a girl like her is giving me attention at a different phase of my life. And this is when a lot of you ladies realize you were something to do for these guys. You were that Delta female. Loyal, stable, loving. But you did not scratch the itch that he needed on his desire side. Just like some of you ladies claim that you settle for guys. And what it comes down to, you tried for the guy you wanted the most and you couldn't get him to commit you couldn't get him to give up that lifestyle that an alpha has where he's always out there with all these other women. And you get pissed off. And then you feel as though you settle with a Delta male. Or you settle with a guy that's stable, but he's not really what you want. It's like eating cornflakes when you want Cheerios. It's one of those things. Now... The other thing that you have to realize, sir, is that this woman is in her 50s. She's probably trying to protect her retirement and everything else. You don't know what you're being set up for. It could be a situation where this guy could have a hot head and she already knows that there's a possibility he might not shoot her. Because usually when it's infidelity or something like that, with men... They get pissed off with the other dude, just like sometimes women do with other females. And what it's based on is the possibility of going to jail. If a man jumps on a woman, he already knows by default he's going. The reason why a woman's not going to jump on a man is because of the fact she might get her ass whooped. But now, if it's a situation where he's cheating and she catches him cheating, his woman does, or his woman could pound on him then, because she knows that if he hits her back, she's already covered. Now, you got some people that will go and ask, so you call 911? Yeah, well, good. I got time to whoop on your ass till they get here. So the thing is, and I don't promote violence or anything, what I'm saying to you is this. If violence is around or is going to be in the picture, Get out of the way. Call 911. Be safe. Don't try to go in there and be a damn hero. 
Because there are a lot of people who died trying to do just that. It's not worth it. This includes you guys that are trying to be Captain Saberho and gonna come in there and try to break shit up. Don't do it. Call 911 and look from afar, be a witness, as opposed to a participant or a victim. Now, also, sir, one thing I would tell you about this situation as well, and I don't know either you, that woman, or anybody else. I'm just going by what you've written. One thing that I would tell you also, if she keeps pushing this and makes this part of the ultimatum that she gave you until the end of the year to do this, dude, she doesn't love you. What she loves is the experience with you and what she can do with you. Now, who's to say she just may use you even though you've been with her three years and thinking that everything is wonderful. She just be using you as a tool to get away from her husband so she can wind up with a guy younger than you. But don't forget, her self-esteem's on cloud nine right now. She's 53 with a 20-something-year-old. Oh, she's not ashamed of that. She's proud of it. There are a lot of older women out there wish they could be with a younger man for that reason. Hell, I get hit up by 80-year-olds every once in a while because I'm, I'm 60. And I'm like, hell no. Mm-mm, I don't fuck the dead. No, I'm just, I, I shouldn't say that. Because I'm going to, oh, if I live that long, I'll be just like that. But what I am saying is, I won't find an 80-year-old woman attractive. I don't care how, she could be fine and attractive, but sexually, uh-uh, not there. Now, that's for an exception. Stevie Nicks is 74. Now, Stevie Nicks, yeah, definitely. My type of, my type of lady. Um, but overall, though, no. Now, 80, mm, that's, oof, uh-uh. Because as men, what we do, we go younger. See, the whole thing is, is this with our dating practices for the most part. Younger men who date older women have a cap. Usually the cap is like age 45 to 50. Some have, some go to 60 or whatever. But usually it's 45 to 50. Now what happens is after this guy slides up to that age range, when he gets to around 45, he may still mess around with women in his peer group. But one thing that he's not going to do is to go into his 60s with a woman or something like that. Ask If he's 45, he's not going to date a woman in her 60s. It's going to be rare. Some guys will, but most won't. And then you start going in your age range and down line. Now, the only difference is when you're dating women in your age group, after you've dated women who were older when you were in your 20s and so forth, there's a big dynamic change. Now, what is that? It's going to be where you'll be more familiar with women in that age group. You'll know how to deal with the situation because you've already dealt with women in their 40s before. And now you were you were in your 20s when you were dating and now you're in your 40s. So you kind of know what to look for and what not to deal with. And sometimes people will present situations to you that are totally unacceptable. And they would expect you to accept it, but being that you dealt with it when you were in a younger stage in your life, 
Now it's not something that you're foreign to. Let me give you an example. A woman with older kids, grown kids. So at 45, and you're 45, you're dealing with a woman who has an adult teenage, 18-year-old, and one that's 20, and they're talking back to her, being disrespectful, and she's crying, don't know what to do. Well, you're not going to sit there after dating women in your 20s in that same age range with those same problems with their kids. You're not going to sit there at 45 like she is and listen to that shit and watch her go through it. You probably have terms like, okay, either I have to intervene or else I'm not going to be in the situation. And fellas, I always tell you, blood is thicker than water. If she's complaining to you about a a son or nephew or whatever, in one ear and out the other. Because here's the thing. The minute you say something about it, your ass is the enemy. So the best thing to do is just to just keep it shut. I see a lot of people don't understand why you don't have that patience or that tolerance. I get this a lot because, as you know, I dated older women when I was younger, and now most of the women in my peer group are faced with similar problems. That's the reason why I can make more definitive decisions on whether or not I'm going to have them in my lives, in my life now. See, if I had not gone through that experience, I'd be still mulling over certain situations that I could have made a decision on a long time ago. And you learn from that. Because what you have to remember sometimes, some people have situations and results associated with them that will put you back even further than you already are. So you got to have some sort of idea as to what's happening and where you're planning on going. You got to have that plan. Even if it doesn't come out to fruition, as long as you have something to guide yourself by, that helps you. You can't let yourself stray like that. Now, another thing, too. This lady, just to close this out on your situation, sir. This lady, even though you've been dating her for three years. So you started dating her. You said she was 53, so she was 50 when you probably started dating her. Now... I want you to think about one thing. You guys are like uh, 25 years apart, roughly. I want you to think about what she's benefiting from that situation and what you're benefiting from it. Being that she's pushing you in order to be a man, so to speak, to tell her husband that you want to be with her, And I guess she's using his leverages to get a divorce from him. He sees you, then all of a sudden he wants a divorce. Or you intimidate him in some kind of way. But whatever it is, she wants to see confrontation between you and him. And she sees it as good versus evil. Now, here's why I would not go through with this. You're in your 20s, first of all. You're more marketable than she is. That's first thing. 
Second thing, you're more relevant socially than she is. The other thing, she's got a lot of mileage on her heart and emotions, more mileage than you do. Being that she's been there 53 years on this planet, you've only been there 20 some odd. Now, Let's look at the maturing benefit of this. When she's in her 60s, you'll be in your 30s. There are other things you got to deal with. You got to deal with her change. She may not have gone through the menopause yet. She may not have gone through any kind of hormonal changes. You don't know. You don't know how she's going to react. The other thing, too, that you got to look at as well. You know the sex is apparently good because you're still with her. Don't think that that shit's going to last forever. So if you're banking on that alone, mm -mm. you might as well start some farm league pussy right now. Just telling you, fella. I just don't think this is a good deal all the way around. She's married. She didn't have enough respect for her marriage to get out of it before she met you. Meaning that she didn't have enough respect for you to even walk to you or to get with you for a relationship. Whether she told you or not is irrelevant. The fact is she disrespected the marriage and she disrespected herself and you along with her husband. So that's what you're dealing with. More in a moment. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here. And we're going to continue with Chlorine's email. Her name is spelled C-H-L-O-R-I-N-E. That's her name. And she claims she lives in Seal Beach, California. And let me just read her email. I've listened to your podcast for the last six months. My husband listens to you religiously. I don't agree with many of the things you talk about. I think they're abhorrent. One thing that I think you have that is definitely wrong. As a woman who is married to a guy who's a veteran who's an inept veteran, may I add, meaning that he can no longer have sex with his wife because his penis doesn't work anymore. I find it very difficult to swallow some of the things you talk about because I'm the one suffering, dealing with this. We've tried prosthetics. We've tried all kinds of things in order to try to make our marriage work down there in the bedroom. I've been the one that's been suppressed when it has not had her needs met and finally I had an affair on it recently and I told him about it it hurt him and I had to tell him that he is not going to ever be the man he was when I married him and he just needs to face that it's not my fault that he got sugar diabetes it's not my fault that his penis doesn't work it's not my fault that he's 63 and I'm 43 and now 
what needs to happen, as I told him before, in order for me to stay with him in this marriage, he is going to have to allow me to bring men into the house. I'm not going to these men's homes to meet them. I want them at my place. I don't see that that is asking too much of him, because after all, I'm wiping his ass, I'm changing his diapers, I'm doing all the things for him at the house. The least he could do is give me the peace of mind of being with someone else that's not him to remind me that I'm not working for him as an employee. We've been married 20 plus years. My children, for whatever reason, don't come around. Once they got grown, they got out of the house and they never looked back. I still don't understand it because if they were any kind of good children, they would come back and help their mother. So, I'm sorry to be like this, but you don't understand the inconveniences I've experienced and the shit I've had to deal with. If I could possibly get him into a nursing home, I would really appreciate it. He has a nurse that comes over every day to take care of him, changes bandages and so forth. But I feel as though I shouldn't have to do any of that. Because after all, he was supposed to take care of me. I'm his wife. I'm younger than he is. I'm not supposed to be taking care of him. Maybe you need to rethink your philosophy, sir. Because you've got it all wrong. Chlorine. Sir Beach, California. Folks, this is a female viper. Now, let me tell you what chlorine can do. I'm talking about not the person, but the actual substance. Pure chlorine can melt stainless steel. You know, there was a train wreck a while back where these chlorine cars overturned. And they had to quarantine the whole community. Nobody was allowed to leave. I think it was in Southern California. And there was one man that was there with his family at the house when it all took place. Chlorine gas got out. And he said that the rail car was right behind his house. And so... In the kitchen, he couldn't really breathe that well. He was just down there on the floor. And he said he looked up. His eyes were burning. Mouth was burning. And he said in the kitchen, he could actually see the stainless steel starting to melt. So you know there had to be some potent shit. Like this woman is. Now, I don't know her personally, so I'm not going to really come down on her personally, but I can come down on what she's written about. Very centric, me-first person, narcissistic a little bit, but more of a self-centered, centric victim. She's worried about being inconvenienced. This man is worried about surviving. Now, here's the thing. I hope to God that he decides to divorce you, ma'am. I really do. He'll probably wind up in a nursing home somewhere. 
And I tell you what, there's something that needs to be also brought out in this particular conversation we don't talk about. See, we have good service men and women in the military, but we don't talk about the people that marry them sometimes that use them specifically for their benefits. That use them for various reasons. And that's unfair to them. You know, if you ever saw that movie, Officer and a Gentleman, with Richard Gere and uh, Louis Gossett Jr. And they have that one scene where the guy had quit uh, becoming, he quit pursuing becoming a naval aviator. And he was going to go back to his daddy's company to take on a job there. And the woman that he was dating while he was in the academy found out about it. And she called him an idiot. And she called him a loser. And he wound up committing suicide based on being used by her. Because she was disappointed in him because he didn't become a pilot. And she told him that was the only thing she wanted out of him. But we don't think about the impact of this with some of the people veterans marry. We wind up marrying people that don't have our best interests at heart. You know, when I was in the Marine Corps, before anybody got married in our platoon, they had to wind up going through a process of screening. Some of the commanding officers would take the uh, couple to the side, maybe go to the counselor. And the reason why they would do this was to prevent this very same thing. It was to prevent that. It was to prevent the usury. It was to prevent someone, you know, things that they could probably see and could point out for the person, for the Marine. And we don't think about these things. Now, Chlorine, you're leveraging your youth now against him. You're 20 years younger than he is. And you feel entitled that he's supposed to still take care of you. Remember that clause in the marriage uh, contract in, sick, in sickness and in health? Those vows? They don't mean shit to you because you can't get what you want because you're inconvenienced. And being that you're inconvenienced, you don't like it. And so you have a problem with it. And you're faulting him for something that he can't control. You're treating him as if he could just magically get better. Like you can will yourself better. You know that personal will bullshit? It's all hype. See, it has a lot to do with your perception of being invincible. Which again, is bullshit. You're not invincible. He's not invincible. At some point, you may have a health condition and somebody may treat your ass the same way, if not worse. 
And with that attitude you have, I'm sure that they'll probably go for worse. Now, I would be the first one to say that you're probably one of these women that's very attractive. And he felt as though he has found the woman of his life because she's so beautiful. And therefore, he's going to put her on a pedestal and get kicked in the teeth by her at every juncture if he doesn't provide everything she wants, unequivocally. Now, what you have to also look at is the fact that it tells you how he feels about himself and his context. So, you already knew going in that you were probably going to take advantage of this man. Based on how much leverage you had over him. But you know what? I don't even want to address this anymore because it makes me sick to my stomach. Because a person like you, you're caustic to the soul. All right, let's go on here. Oh boy, Alan writes the following, and he is out of Elko, Nevada. I just started listening to your show recently. I actually ran into a girl on the strip the other night that I have some interest in. We've exchanged phone numbers, we talked a little bit. I'm in my 60s, she's in her 50s, and looks like we're going to try to see about making a go of it. She's coming out to where I live because she's tired of the hustle bustle of Vegas. And wish me luck, I'm hoping things will work out. The reason why I'm writing is just to tell you, keep your head up because there are some good women in Vegas, you just gotta look for them. And I know they're hard to find because I had to go through a lot of married women in order to get to a single one that was about something. Just keep the faith, brother. Well, Alan, that's nice to know, my friend. Nice to know, appreciate that. Okay. What is this? I want to know one thing. Maybe you can help me. My name is Denise. I live in Marlboro, Maryland. But I'm having kind of a problem. It seems like the men that I get, for some reason, they don't like sucking breasts. Now, that's a requirement for me. That's a deal breaker. And so far, the last three guys I've gone out with, none of them liked doing that. Is there some kind of special handshake I have to have or something I have to put in my personal profile to let guys know that I'm really into that? Or is it some kind of conspiracy with the men not to go and suck women's breasts anymore? Oh, well... That is a consideration. It all depends on where you are as far as the men. Now, let's see here. Your email says that you're from Marlboro, Maryland. So I don't think you should have any problem there. But you might have just run into a group of men that just didn't do that. Now, if you're dealing with men in the church and that kind of thing or religion, they're going to be more rigid. They're going to be more rigid. But I don't think it's a conspiracy or some kind of uh, 
foregone conclusion for that to happen to you. I think this is something that's just coincidental more so than it's uh, like a conspiratorial. All right, let's see here. Oh my God, well, I'm going to read it. No, you know what? I'm not going to read this. I'm going to go on and talk about this one particular item here that Pamela has brought out. And Pamela writes the following. I live in Costa Mesa, California, and I have a couple of things I need to maybe run by you, and hopefully you can give me some insights on it. When dating an interracial couple... Whoa, wait a minute. How does she have it? She has here, in dating an interracial couple? Well, I'll read it. In dating an interracial couple, how is it that some people find it very difficult to get along with the other party of a different race, and others find it pretty easy to get along? And let's see, I don't understand how she wrote this. Now, I'm still looking at the context of the rest of the body of the yeah, she didn't spell check this at all. But she's got... But like right here she has. I very don't see sometimes people maybe not is with someone else. So it looks like the words are kind of scrambled here. All right, I'll try to answer this the best I can, Pam. It depends on the couple. It depends on how far both of them are willing to go. See, the problem you run into many in many uh, interracial relationships is that one wants to go to the mat and all the way for the relationship, and the other person only wants to go about a third the way. And that runs into the problem. And usually what you'll see more and often than not, the person that's in the majority race in that dating situation is usually the one that's going to have the colder feet. The person that's in the minority group is going to be the one that's going to be the advocate to go forward. So what do you run across? You run across a lot of people who may start out wanting an interracial relationship, but once they realize how much flack they're going to get, how much uh, backlash they'll get from their own community or race, it gets to a point where it becomes too much for them. And they realize they're risking losing their family and their association with the family and friends. And so this is the reason why they like to keep many interracial relationships on the download. Now, take for instance, you'll see whites go into black communities all the time and walk around and be the cat's meow. Now, if a white person take you into a white community, uh, they're making a statement because what will happen is if they're not so sure about the relationship, they're not going to take you in that environment. If they're confident in it, it's not a problem. But see, the problem is you have a certain level, just like you do with any other kind of enthusiastic endeavor. You have some people that are all in, some people that are halfway in, some people that are third in and so forth. And so they have different measures of it. And this includes how timid they are, because you have some people that want to date interracially, 
Like for instance, white females want to date a black man, but they don't want him to date him too dark. So they want him like a caramel color, or they want him a little bit lighter where he's passable in some kind of way. Passable but exotic. But if he was really dark-skinned, she would have to have a lot more explanations going on. Because the reason being, some of them compare your skin color to your level of intelligence. I hate to tell you that, folks. Yeah, you're dealing with that dumb shit, too. So, they have a lot of ways of doing that. Now, you have people that are going to try to right the wrongs of the world and say, Oh, well, you know, I hate people who act like that, people who treat people like that, people who do this or that like that. That's all well and good, but it's only one thing. Nobody gives a shit about your opinion because you're only one person. So what happens then is that you get even more frustrated because you can't change anything in the world. And then what happens is you wind up being an involuntary involuntary activist that really nobody wants to date or be around. Because that's all you're going to obsess over. So you have to keep yourself kind of disciplined and distanced and balanced. Now, there's some other things too. When it comes down to relationships like these, now that you stirred up this pot, you also have to understand that some people look at it from the standpoint of if they fail their family or their friends or whomever, that for some reason they will never have any validity beyond that scope of that. Let me give you an example. You know, when a woman is what they call blacked, B-L-A-C-K-E-D, that means she's had sex with a black person. So if she was a black female, I mean a white female, had sex with a black female, she would still be considered blacked, tainted, unwanted, unwashed, unclean. It's the way they would perceive it. Now, what this means is that a lot of women, Caucasian women, fear that designation because they know that they have burned a bridge of being accepted by many of the people in their communal white uh, enclave. Doesn't mean that she's excommunicated from all whites. Just from the people that may know her in proximity. And some women are not willing to take that, but they want the fulfillment, the sexual fulfillment and the curiosity met with a black man. They just don't want to be stigmatized with them. Let me give you an example. Over my dating life, I would say there are at least 65 to 70 white women out there. Some have been deceased, some are still around. They have been with black men and their white husbands have no clue, no idea. And the wives would never cop to it or never admit to it. Oh, hell no. Mm-mm. Bachelorette parties? <sighs> A lot of places. They had them black strippers in there. You know what they're there for.
there was a lady um i don't know what happened to the situation i think they were in somewhere in the midwest and she was getting married and she and her girlfriends decided to have these black male strippers well certain people they kind of left out of the loop like grandmothers and mothers and aunts and those people they were going to keep it mainly around the young in crowd well on the night of the event at this hotel grandmamas and aunts and relatives of this woman shows up female relatives show up at this event and these women start doing all kind of things to the strippers and the problem was people had taken pictures and posted them on social media well one of the grandmothers i think it was on the groom's side of the family got caught with something in her mouth that the stripper was swinging around and of course it started a firestorm in the family and they were going back and forth and then what eventually had to happen the girl had to cancel the wedding because the husband the groom did not want to be with a woman that had desires for a black man didn't want anything to do with her so just keep that in mind there's some black women i know that have slept with white men but never tell it would never tell i'm not telling none of my business it's their affairs i never forget i was with one lady through an interracial relationship and she told me she oh my god why can't you be white she asked me while we were fucking <laughs> I thought that was the most funniest thing and she just looked at me and said why are you laughing I said because here's the thing if I was white it'd be more convenient for you for me to go to your area and listen to the bullshit they speak about other minorities she said, no, we'd be to ourselves. It just would be much easier. But again, like I said, living with the separatist mindset of the 60s, of the 50s. That's the reason why I said, no, I'm looking at a lot of women 35 and younger. Only because of one thing, their attitude towards race. I think they got their shit together compared to people in my generation and older. They just seems to. The only thing is with them, I don't want to have any kids. If I found a nice 35, 36 year old that don't want to have any children, that'll work out just fine. Because I'm telling you, I have a kid, I'm gonna be just as nice to him. I'm gonna get him some nice clothes. And they're getting my airline ticket to LAX. He said, Father, where are you going? 
I said, no, you're going, and here's your passport. And he's going to get on that China Airlines flight. And they'll know when he gets to Beijing, he's going to get on that bus after he gets off the airport. And they're going to take him to a nice little re-education camp. Because I'm not dealing with no badass kid. I'm sending him over to a communist regime in order to be, <laughs> in order to get all the dollar kinks out of his disciplinary back, background, get that taken care of. I said, don't send his ass back until he's 18. That's right. I'm taking no chances. Because I'd probably fuck around and try to sign him up in the Marine Corps. Sir, we don't take infants. Why not? I said, I'll tell you what. We'll put him on injured reserve and wait till he gets older. That's right. I'm just kidding, folks. But in all seriousness, though, with this, yeah, that racial issue is an issue. And interracial dating is definitely something that people are going to eventually have to realize that the United States is going to be the thing. Not a thing, but the thing. But they're going to realize this separatist shit is not working. It hasn't worked in the past and won't work in the future. It's just worked because it's the only thing you know right now. So, when one thing is the only thing you know, you think the world of it. But of course, we have to go on. We have to grow. More in a moment. Now, one thing that you'll notice also at this time of year a lot of people will give ultimatums, and that's one thing I've noticed about some of your emails, especially coming in from October on. You're getting a lot of ultimatums from people to do things or else. I always tell them, I'll choose or else for $5, please. Because here's the thing. If you're ever faced by someone with an ultimatum, the relationship's already over. Your relationship's only going to be sustained by a dare or a threat. Who the hell wants to go into a relationship or stay in one based on that premise? Let's be fair about it. It doesn't make any sense to do that. It does not make any sense to do that. Now, the one thing that I want you to do take away from this particular podcast if nothing else one ultimatums you shouldn't be given one if you're given one by your partner that means something so fucked up that you had to go to that level hope you've gone to counseling before it got to this point if not you're at that point where you need to go the other thing too when it comes down to putting forth love in a person and not receiving it back, one thing that I will tell you, in many relationships, as I said before, 
You will put more love into a person than you'll ever receive back. Some of you are noticing this in other aspects of relationships. Maybe you're the younger party in a relationship with the December, May or May, December, where you got an older partner. And what you're finding now is that the enthusiasm in your relationship is dying because you're disengaging from that person. And they're still trying their best to love you as well as they can, as much as they can. But your interest is waning. <laughs> You'll see this in interracial relationships where the minority person is more enthusiastic about being with that person that's in the majority, but that person in the majority is kind of skeptical because they don't want to, they don't feel as though that minority that they will date would be worth ruining their reputation with their other white peers, family members for. So this person's not worth the sacrifice. And so <clears throat> what they'll do They'll be with this person on an ongoing basis as far as intimately, discreetly. But when it comes to an open relationship, that's where they'll draw the line. Because even though they're trying to act like they're liberal and they want the satisfaction and gratification associated with the minority person, they may not want the liability and responsibilities associated with them on a grander scale such as public, such as marriage, such as having children with them. And so you'll see people abandoned and emotionally abandoned based on this, men and women, whether it doesn't matter what race you are. <coughs> it happens a lot. <coughs> now, another thing you have to also consider, there's some people who deliberately like dating for this purpose of going in and having somebody more into them than they're into that person because it lifts their self-esteem, makes them feel better makes them feel more superior. And this is what these people will need in order to keep functioning. And if they don't get that, they'll wind up being somebody on the street that nobody really cares about for the most part because they don't have the incentive to do better within themselves. And the way they get that incentive, of course, is tearing down others through that way I just described. Now, you're going to also have to deal with people that want you to fight their battles for them. As the gentleman in Oregon depicted about what happened with him and this lady, she wanted him to be the man to sever their marriage. She didn't want to do it. So that she can always come back and things don't work out with this guy, she could always say, well, honey, after all, I didn't end the marriage. He did. You'd be surprised how people use that argument. So you got to watch how people position you to make certain decisions as well in relationships. You know, like for instance, you guys are having a disagreement about something. And your partner says, well, you know, it's up to you. Whatever you decide, I'm out of it. Now, here's the thing. No matter what you decide, what she's doing is saying, or he's doing is saying, Okay, I'm going to let you make the choice, and I'm just going to be the critic. So my hands are off of it so I can criticize you for the decision you made. So they do that deliberately. Clean hands. But it's funny, they used to always say, let me see your hands when a rock is thrown and the glass is broken. 
And what the kid will do is just dust his hands before they're asked to be seen. But very seldom would the teacher say, could you empty your pockets, turn them inside out? That's when you'd probably see the sand from the rock that they throw. Because the kid knows better. He knows when he throws that rock. The only thing he has to do is just wipe his hands together and not put them back in his pocket. And he doesn't have any more residue on his hands. But if they tell you to turn your pockets inside out, oops, busted. Now, the other thing that I want you to take away from this, more so than anything as well, is that no one can come in your life without your permission. Whether it's the cops busting into your place or anything like that. When I say this, I'm talking about in the context of you being associated with a lifestyle where that would be warranted. You know, it's funny. I hear a lot of people talk about the struggle and how hard it is being black and all this stuff in the community. And I've seen a lot of black people thrive in that community. Never been robbed. Go to work every day. Mind their own business. None of the kids go to jail. And you sit there and you scratch your head and you say, damn. Then you don't see a whole bunch of slew of babies. Everybody's responsible to take care of their kids. They go to vocational school, college, or wherever they're going. There are actually families that do this, and I know of three of them, that have done this, and they live in some hard-ass neighborhoods. And here's the thing that's interesting. They came out never once saying that society owed them anything. Never once did anyone else owe them anything. It used to crack me up. uh, Nancy, if you're listening, I'm talking about you, dear. I tell her, I say, um... I guess you picked yourself up by your bootstraps, you and your family. She said, no. She said, please don't use that term around me. She said, we didn't have no boots and no straps. She said, what we did was we stayed focused on what we had to do in life. And that's how each of our family members made it. We stayed focused. And that meant in their 20s, 30s. They weren't going out to nightclubs and stuff like that. They were just good people. They did good by themselves. Lived in the same house down there in South Central LA for decades. Mama paid it off. 
Daddy got the house and started. He died. Mama picked up a ton, paid the rest of it off before she passed away. Now the daughter and her brother has it. It's a family asset. And they have children. All their children graduated from college. So, like I said, it's not where you're born, where you're from, or where you are. It's who you are and what you're about and how you think. That's what's going to make the change in your life. That's what's going to make the change in you. You see, the one thing I'm not going to do is be a positive pedal pusher. You know, these people that always tell you about, oh, well, you know, you got to think positive. I only want to hear positive thoughts. Fuck you. Go somewhere and find it. I tell it as it is. The good, the bad. And you can have positive news and negative news, but I want you to have the real thing as opposed to something that I'm superimposing over your life with a whole bunch of platitudes like many of these uh, other shows do. I never forget this lady on one of the podcasts told a woman to go to the store and get this kind of uh, anointing oil to put over her body so she could have a better uh, rapport with men. And so this lady did it and she was talking about the experience and she said, it didn't do anything to me but just make me smell funny. And apparently the men didn't like it because I'm still not getting any more dates than I did before I started. But I could see where the problem was with this lady and I didn't intervene. It wasn't that she had to go out and get the oil Her grammatical skills were atrocious. And motherfucker was what she used after every word she said. That was the turn off. And for the video clip that I did see when she had a camera on, she wasn't a bad looking woman. It was just those two things that actually would ruin it for most men. But of course, what is she going to think? Nobody ain't going to change me. Nobody ain't going to tell me how I should be. No, that change has come from you. But it only comes from you if you look at yourself objectively. If you look at yourself the same way as being, I'm okay, the world is wrong. Yeah, you're going to still walk around with that fucked up mindset. That ain't going to change. That ain't going to change. So, I'm going to leave you with this, folks, because I got to go. Whenever you are questioning the caliber and the quality of love you're getting from a person, don't ignore that feeling. Investigate it to find out why. Because usually, It's the start of something that's going to get worse. Now, there'll be some people that will change in your relationship where they will start becoming very, very um, accommodating and kind to you. 
but sometimes sometimes and it kind of freaks you out but there are good people out there that are looking for good relationships and it's not that they have an agenda in order to try to do you in your skepticism lack of objectivity and your feelings are things you got to watch in different categories in order to um, make the best decision for the partner and as i told you you concern yourself with the character of the person first that will help you more than anything Take care, folks. Love you all. I would like to personally thank you for listening to Romantic Truth. You may follow us on Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth. You may ask your friends to subscribe to anchor.fm backslash romantic truth, or you can leave us a message at anchor.fm backslash romantic truth backslash message. You may contact us through email at romantic truth podcast at gmail.com. Take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.